Welcome to Very Honored Fraternities Esoterra Nerd Podcast, episode 49, in which I interview my old friend, Joe Shands. But first... Today's episode is brought to you by the letter C. C for confront. One, an action of being able to face. Two, the ability to be there comfortably and perceive. Three, confront itself is a result and an end product. It isn't a doingness. It is an ability to face without flinching or avoiding. Our guest tonight is a dear friend of mine. So let's get to the interview, shall we? Fratter, welcome to the Esoteric Nerd Podcast. Well, I'm, I'm so excited that that I'm here today. I didn't realize you had such a plush studio. Uh, for those who who haven't been on this podcast, it's it's a studio that that's as huge as like Howard Stern Studio. Um, <laughs> Ed is in the back, like in the sound booth, and I'm on this like lovely plush uh, couch. And yeah. by the way, your assistant made the best cup of tea I, I think I've ever had. Oh, thank you so much. And the valley parking. I didn't realize you had valley parking too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the studio next door. We can we can hear Kyle McLaughlin right now. He's uh, well. <laughs> no spoilers. No spoilers. We we signed contracts, so we're not allowed to say anything. But there's a, there's a red curtain over. Well, we've said too much. <laughs> it's been too long. How are you? It has been. I've been great. I've been great. Um, I, I can't even remember the last time we talked. We talk. It seems like we talk all the time on. Uh, yeah. Facebook about yeah, we, random things, but, but it's nice to do this. Yeah, yeah. I've been a huge fan of the show. I, I can't believe I'm actually on here because oh, there are people who I who I really look up to and and just think are absolutely fantastic and have been really inspiring to me throughout. Uh, you know, my my career, if you will, um, in this weird space. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, so to to be here is a real real honor. Do uh, Do you have any people in mind? I mean, in particular. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, Frater Ka, certainly. It's one in Poke Runyon is, is clearly like he's been around, you know, yeah. and, and done some fantastic things. Um, you know, um, I'm trying to like be respectful of names. Oh, well, of course, Lon Milo Duquette, you know, that, yeah. you know, he's awesome. Uh, Mark Williams. Um, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm going to mess her name up, uh, but um, episode 45. <laughs> Oh, I'll just say that because I'm going to mess her name up, and, and I don't. Oh, want right, to. right, right. Yeah, yeah, Lori. Lori, yes. Um, yeah. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, tons of people that that are just. Re- oh, Jeff Contreras, another great one. Yeah, yeah, there. yeah. That was yeah, nice him on just there. amazing people. Very cool. My wife wanted me to talk to you about video games. <laughs> no, awesome. No, I can I can talk. You know, I'd love to talk about a lot of different things. So, but yeah, video games. You know, I'm I'm happy to talk about that because. There's a lot of crossover with esotericism. Um, 
There really is. And I think some of it's really deliberate. And I think some of it um, is just sort of in the uh, just sort of the general consciousness um, and what people kind of pull in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one thing she wanted me to say, uh, and I'm going to edit this down a little bit, but uh, do you feel that it's a viable art form? Of course. Yeah. I mean, if, me I think that, that, that there are so many different ways of, of expressing oneself. I mean, just because it's not uh, there isn't a, a legitimate museum for, for something, um, doesn't right. mean that, that any, any kind of form of human expression, um, that gives someone joy, I think is, uh, is art. That's not really a, a horribly formal definition yeah. of that, but, but I certainly think so. It reminds me of, uh, the glass pipe, uh, uh, phenomenon i uh, i forget the name of the there was a great documentary that i saw but it was uh there was a man who was an art collector and he walked in to this place and saw this most beautiful sculpture of glass he'd ever seen and the subtleties and this it was a dragon and he was going to find out what he could you know uh, if he could broker it as an artist and then until he saw the bowl and the carb and then his heart just <laughs> sank <laughs> It's not art. It's a fucking pipe. <laughs> but, but, you know, but it is joy, art. It, it, yeah, if it brings you joy and, and it yeah. inspires you, uh, I think it's really, really important. You know, it's it's funny because I remember um, <clears throat> even some of the, the, you know, talking about video games, um, there were some really cool things in some of the Final Fantasy series. Uh, in particular, the, the thing that I, I remember a lot is uh, um, Final Fantasy X. Um, and there, there are YouTube videos of, of the summons that, that occur from it and the sort of this mystical Chinese, um, symbolism that, that, that was coming in as this being was coming forth, you know, from a different plane into the manifestation, um, really was really inspired. Um, and some of the, the, the different, um, ways of, of seeing light project into some sort of energy um you know some of the ways that, that that's been expressed in video games is really inspired yeah, and helps true. people visualize things particularly when you know i think that that a lot of uh esotericists take for granted that you know there are a lot of people out there that cannot um visualize things in you know this technicolor form or, or get like this really deep sensation right. so seeing some of these things can help them under you know just get you know add on to to their experience of of what it is that they're experiencing when they they go through this work yeah and then yeah there's, there's somehow somehow expectation well i mean uh, yeah uh, every day uh, you know our expectations get in the way of you know the reality of what's in front of us or what we're experiencing and i think that 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 happens to people who want to experience something more and it's a, what it more than what it's like it's built into your definition that if you experience it, it's no longer the thing you're looking for. So, but if you you know if it's more specific, well, I want to have an astral experience. I had a, a student once. I hope you no, I, I won't say his name. I'll just say he's an impurator <laughs> now. Um, <laughs> but but back when he was a theoricus, he he was saying I'm not ready to go out of theoricus, and I said why, and he said well I can't do. Uh, body of light. I can't get out of my body. I can, I've had no no luck whatsoever, you know, astrally. And I was like, well, you know, he was in Chicago, and I was saying, have you ever been? You've been here to the Temple of Isis, right? And he said, yeah. And I said, do you remember the front room? Do you remember what it looks like? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, are you kind of visualizing it right now? 
And he said, yeah. And I'm like, what's different about it? And he's like, well, there's a Christmas tree on the left. I'm like, yeah, there is a Christmas tree on the left. You just astral projected here. You're ready for practicus. And he was like, whoa, yeah. it's that easy? I'm like, yeah, it's, if it's not that easy, it's not, what you're, it's not it. It's, it's a sense you already have. It's as easy as breathing or looking. And, you know, if you're trying real hard, like you're straining to get some horrible turd out, then that's not astral projection. <laughs> that's that's something else. Description. I love that. Yeah. You know, and I do think that there's this, this naturalness about it. I think that, 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 um, you know, I wish that there were, there were better instructors out there. I wish that there were better schools out there because the reality is, um, a lot of the schools that, that teach some of this, the, this stuff to some people are these solar, like very ego driven groups that are like, this is the way that you're going to do it. And it's got to look like this and it's got to smell like this. And you know, that works yeah. for some people and it really doesn't at all for others. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, it's branding. You know, it seems like, like this is our brand and there's a yeah. certain, there's a certain kind of quote unquote power. And I say quote unquote, because I don't think that's the right word, but when you get like a group of people together that are all collectively visualizing the same thing and insisting that it's reality and that the thing everybody else thinks is reality isn't, there's a certain thing that happens like like you pop out you create a new universe you know temporarily yes. but the problem yeah. is it's like that that quote with well, that great quote in the the tower card you know initiation about the uh they they beheld their their end together and were were astonished you know like yeah. i think of these like racists in the inland empire that are still like you know avidly supporting trump and you know that that like they're just shrinking the community is getting smaller and smaller and they're like why does everybody hate us you know until the very last one and then but the, you know like my dad says in his book like have patience for them be, and let them come around and wake up and realize oh i've been doing it wrong this whole time and now i'm so relieved and and you know give them space because it might not happen in this lifetime yeah i, I try to do that to, for my own sanity otherwise I, I become so enraged that i fulfill their uh stereotype of the enraged leftist you know, it's and that's really interesting too because I think that um, you know what's what's very and I'm going off on a weird tangent, but oh, you, tangents, you know, are we, great. we're yeah, we're like weird tangent guys together. Yeah. So we'll, let's just go. But you know, so I in a work situation, I had this guy who um, it's about ten years ago, who just was like the biggest jerk to me, and we didn't get along. We I didn't like him. He didn't like me, and it, you know, work. I mean, I you know, he really was very much uh, an enemy. So fast forward later, even maybe like three years after I, I left the place, I really, you know, there really wasn't any real emotionality attached to him. I was, you know, if someone brought his name up, it would be like, oh yeah, we really didn't get along. Like we didn't like each other, but that, that was it. There was really no emotional connection there. Um, but fast forward to now and I find out um, this last week, you know, he, he had killed himself. And I think that the first, you know, my first reaction is, oh, my God, is his family okay? Because I, I knew, like, I knew he had a son, and his son's in college, and, um, you know, and, and I, you know, did some, some work for him um, as well that, you know, that, that he, you know, gets a little bit of peace wherever he's at. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, when you're in that situation, you know, when you're, when you're in the middle of it, it's very real to you. And it's, and those kinds of conflicts or those kinds of relationships, they, they really are very real. But when you actually can step back, whether you're in it or not, meaning like 
maybe you have the space of 10 years or maybe you're just evolved enough to step out of it. You can kind of see it for what it is, which is all just BS. Right. You know, it's just, it's okay. You have this conflict. It doesn't really mean anything, you know, at the end of the day, Yeah. you know? Yeah. And so I think, I think your point about space is just so important. It's so important to give people space, space, period. Yeah. Well, I might've done it wrong this morning. I, there was, uh, uh, someone I knew in the order from years ago and, uh, and she was talking about, you know, on Facebook about, um, how all these people are unfriending me because I'm a Trump supporter. And I was like, what? You're a fucking Trump supporter? And <laughs> for some reason, every Trump supporter I run into is blonde. And that bugs me because I'm blonde. And, you know, my mom raised me to like... Well, clearly you know, you're a Trump supporter. You're yeah, clearly a I'm a Trump Nazi. Supporter. Clearly, you know, and, <laughs> and, and then... But it's that kind of thing, like I was just telling Janie, like... Because I'm sure that pretty girls can relate to this what I'm about to say is when you're talking to someone, someone, a guy or whatever who, and you're having a great conversation about a particular topic and you, and you, you're thinking that like, wow, we're both interested in this topic and we both have a lot to contribute to this conversation. Wow. This could really, we could, you know, really build on this, but then you realize that he just wants to get in your pants, you know, and that, that this whole thing has been a ploy. Yeah, as a pretty girl, I get that all the time. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) No, just kidding. Well, no, I mean, you know, but it's like like when when someone's like, I agree with everything you're saying and you're so inspiring. And it turns out that it's just because I'm dressed as a priest and I'm a blonde and they're a racist, you know? And and they're just looking at me and saying, oh, you look like my brother. It's good to see you up, you know, standing up there, sitting in a throne, getting all the attention. And it's like, okay – listen to one word that I say once. And I, I, I just don't understand how someone could have been my student once and now be a Trump supporter. And it's, it's, yeah. a, it's a weakness on my end. And I fully admit that. And I, I'm saying this out loud because I'm kind of like conflicted about it this morning. So it's on my mind. So I'm bringing you it know, up. It's, well, I'm glad, you know, and there was something kind of similar, but another weird tangent. Yeah. Um, is that, you know, thinking about orders and, and, and things like that, I think it's so tough because, on one hand, it's almost like a band in in a way that that you have like there there are people that that are that you'll meet in an order like that that you go to because at the end of the day, like when you select like okay, I'm I'm going to join an order like what what should that be? I mean, ultimately, what you want to find are you know people that you're going to kind of connect with on some you know you know on both the mystical level as well as kind of a a little bit of a superficial level too. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, like I, I remember there was a time when I left the, the, you know, the first order I'd ever joined. Uh, and that was the one that we were with, we were in together. Uh Um, and there were these people that, that were really good friends of mine that wanted to kind of start something up. And we, we tried and it really, it just failed miserably. And I think that, that it failed not because we, didn't really like each other, but I think that the partnership at that mystical level just really didn't, there wasn't enough connection there. And I think that, you know, sometimes you will have people where you really connect with at that mystical level that, you know, you don't necessarily need to be friends with. And and, yeah, um, that's true. It's like in the temple, in the temple, you can both be in the presence of Osiris and kind of hug afterward and, you know, like ask after each other's kids and everything. But then if you met outside, you'd be like, oh, this is totally someone who I'm completely incompatible with, you know, and, and from a completely different part of town. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and there were people, you know, even in that order where you have, um, 
you know, you had very different personalities and you had very different people who, who believed very different things. Yeah. And sometimes it worked. Sometimes it really didn't. And sometimes it created a lot of conflict. But, you know, it, you know, maybe that that conflict also created a space where really cool things could be done. So I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, I know. It's wild. I'm, I'm glad to have gotten I'm glad to be past it. I'm glad to have you know, gone through it and come out the other side and be able to draw from those experiences as just a really interesting case study on humanity and groups. I mean, and, and it was, you know, I mean, like I mentioned in a previous episode that it evolved alongside the internet, you know, like as the, yeah. it just, it, it existed in a vacuum in a world that was the eighties where you could do that because everybody was just watching MTV and that was the best thing you could find was MTV. And, uh, and then the internet came in and then, you know, there was actually, I actually remember groups of people sitting in a candlelit room wearing black robes with a man in a brown robe telling them not to look at certain websites on the internet and everybody like <laughs> taking it seriously like like you could do that <laughs> like you could tell tell people you know don't google this i mean this was before google when you know highway yeah. 69 or whatever was highway something rather was the search engine but anyway yeah you know I think that the, those kinds of things are interesting. I think that they work. They really work well for, for some people. You know, I had my fill of it. I'll never do it again. But I'm yeah. so grateful that I had the experience. I, you know, I met people who I'll, I think I'll be friends with for, for life, which is really nice. Um, I intentionally, when I was about a year and a half old, I intentionally put shit in my mouth. Maybe I was too. But I, you know, it was like it got on my hand. I wasn't doing things right. And then I was like, hmm. I wonder what would, and then of course, you know, it was disgusting. <laughs> and to this day, I vividly remember the taste. And yeah, I'm grateful that I had that experience too. But <laughs> well, you know, but I think that there were some some really good things that came out of it. I mean, I, I think that you know, one thing, um, and I'm really grateful that I'm able to take a step back and instead of a lot of the pain and suffering because. You know, actually, there was a really good, um, and I'm not sure if it was your last podcast. Uh, it was Sal Santoro, yeah. mm -hmm. um, and I never like I'd heard stories um, about this event where he was reverse initiated, yeah. and he talked, and I didn't, I didn't make the connection until he mentioned it. I'm like, oh my god, how painful would that be for someone? And and what you know, what a horrible thing to do to a human being, like yeah. number one, number two, a human being that you kind of say, yeah, I'm going to take you in as a brother and see you as a brother. Um, that's just really not nice. Mm -hmm. No matter what, you know, and, and this isn't a guy who did like, you know, the worst things um, in that particular group. So, you know, I mean, you know, it, it, and, and that's where, you know, the, the, so there, there, there are those kinds of things, but there are also the things where, you know, I was inspired with, with a group of, of fellow people to like literally um, do a, you know, where we did this kind of mystical walking where you're really slow walking and doing a mantra for six hours solid to create something. And, and I think we did, like I, that's there were signs true. of that success. So, you know, yeah. th there were things that were really tough and just where, like, I remember when I went to, um, t to India on behalf of the order. Oh God. Yeah. I, that was beautiful. 
I wanted to die there, there though. I mean, I actually wanted to, to contract SARS. That's how bad off I was. That's how like messed up I was mentally. Oh, wow. On the other hand, we did some great work. So, you know, but I'm, I, I would never do it again down this lifetime. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember the mother superior at the, in Calcutta? Yes. Can you, would you mind telling me? Cause I mean, I, I just, uh, there's a few people who are going to know kind of what we're making reference to. I, uh, people know, people who know me through the order know that I did, um, that I volunteered with the mother, uh, with the, um, the missionaries of charity for 10 years on the se- first Sunday of the month, uh, here in LA, but that was tied karmically and magically to, uh, a trip that you were part of. And, uh, so what was she like? Well, the, the, the mother superior, we only got, we, we didn't have very much, time. like it was just a, a very, very, very quick yeah. thing. Um, as I recall, the um what was who we met later on uh so we had we had gotten a guide um to like take us through because that there were places we wanted to go um for very specific reasons um and the guide that we had uh was was very very devout um uh it was a very devout hindu um and he taught us a lot about kali um and kali was his um was his God, but what was really interesting, what, what he taught me, and I'm going to get to the, the, the person I think you're mm-hmm. thinking of, because I don't know how things were presented afterwards, because I left very soon after, mm-hmm. and I think that there were things that were presented oh, surely. in ways that really weren't reality, um, right. and there was only one person left that could do that, but anyway, um, so this guide, um, he actually, you were in the car, and he's like, and he took us to the Temple of Kali, which is right on the, you know, the same place as mother Teresa's home for dying. Mm. And he said, I can't go in with you because, um, my mother is my God right now. And it didn't, that didn't make sense to me, but you know, so we did our thing. We did, did our, our Kali thing and that was great. And so I'm trying to understand like what he's talking about. He's like, well, you know, my mom died and it's my tradition that, um, or it's our tradition that, you know, that person becomes your God for, for a year. And I still didn't quite get it. Um, and so he took me, he took us to his home and he had this whole spare bedroom and it was all pictures, icons, different memorabilia of, of him and his mom. And he would go in there every day. Like that was his daily practice to remember that and to mourn her. And, um, you know, in, in a lot of ways, what he kind of helped me focus on in, in one point is that your God is whatever your focus is. So if you're making that your mom, then that's your God. If you're making a Kali, then that's your God. It's, it's that aspirational, like, what are you, what are you really aspiring to in your real daily life? And that really, Bernie kind of, Sanders. Like, it like totally like put, d- did a light switch for me. The other one, he he said, you know, I think you guys are really kind of, you, you guys seem to be very spiritual and you seem to be very respectful of other traditions. I'm going to take you to my teacher. Hmm. Um, and her name was Usama. Um, and this woman just radiated like love. She just, she was like, you just wanted to hug her. And actually there was a point when I just like looked at her and she's like, yes, I know. I, you love me. I love you too. It was very very funny. Um, but it was exactly what I was thinking. And, you know, I went to her place and she had this altar and her altar had everything 
every type of God, um, whether it was Hindu or Buddhist, because uh, there were Buddhists there, it was Christian, and she, you know, performed a miracle where it was such that, you know, she made something manifest, which, you know, out of thin air and, you know, anointed us with it. And it's like, you know, but it was all very like, just as you're talking about astral projection, it was the same kind of thing. It's like, well, this is nothing. I'm just going to, you know, okay, adhere it and here you go and um, mo moved on. And, and so, but what, what I think that she taught me more than anything else is that um, it's really kind of my, my philosophy is that if you think about, you know, even like the Western mystery Kabbalistic thing of the, the human being as a magical mirror for the universe, mm -hmm. I kind of see our ourselves as that, like that, okay, if you have everything in you, then why would you think that, you know, does the heart conflict with the liver? Does your legs conflict with your eyeball? No. And I think that in, in the similar kind of way, the archetypes work together and like it, it's like to kind of paraphrase one of my old teachers, all the gods are in cahoots. Yeah. Um, and I really do believe that. I don't think that there is like, you know, evil gods versus good gods. I think right. that it's, it's one system. It all works, you know, respect, <laughs> you know, yeah. I think at the, at the end of the day, it's like people have different, need to have different paths, but at the end of the day, it all kind of works together and let people do what they're going to do. But that, that I, so I'm going back to finally address your question. Oh. The mother superior really, I think they were re really referring to, this woman named Usama, who was really our guide's um, teacher. Oh, I, re I remember her. Um, and she had the Ganesh shrine. Or yes. she had Ganesh also. But then there was the, the, the one who had taken over for Mother Teresa, and she said something about taking the miraculous medals to Mother Teresa's grave. That was what I had heard. Um, we never talked about the medals. Oh, okay. And... I don't think she, she didn't mention that at all. Like I, at least, it, you know, it may have happened, but she didn't say that to me. But, but I, I think that you're dealing with, you know, someone who really had a problem with, with the truth in general. So, yeah. you know, I don't know, maybe it did happen. It's been, it's been a really long time, but we never talked about those things. You know, that trip, that trip was way more mundane than you would think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on so many levels hmm. it was it was you know from my view the whole thing was was really a hot mess i mean we it, you know i just we've really you know from my perspective we wanted to drop things off and and be done with it right um and that was you know all i was there for i that's all i signed up to do uh because i was in a horrible place mentally you had two people there who had really dubious motives for being there. And, right. you know, and that was just, there was a lot of inappropriateness there. Um, you know, and we were only there for like, two, it was like two days, three, two, three, three days, two nights or something. It was really, it was very, very short. Um, you know, it was, it was, um, you know, I, I think that it was a very personal experience for everyone. So I think everyone was there for very different reasons. Yeah. Well, the, uh, the, the fruit that kind of came out of it was, uh, was everybody ended up with a Ganesh shrine when, um, when, you know, it was over. Uh, we did a, we did a ceremony 
And I guess this was this might have been after you left, or maybe you weren't there, maybe you were there. But we had us all uh, with around the uh, tablet of shoebread with the wands out and Ganesh dancing on the tablet of shoebread while we were all going around, taking turns going to different watchtowers, doing stuff in the vault, and we were all chanting "Asiel Slugdrikni Pafalaplo Ganesh Asiel." Well, that sounds fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't was, there for that. It was a notoricon for May. Dominate forever over David Griffin and his false oh, lies, no. you know, there's something like that in the name no. of Ganesh, you know, oh, no. and, uh, you know, may Ganesh oh, help us to get rid of the obstacle that is David Griffin or, you know, whatever. Okay, now, speaking of Trump, so like, let's get back to Trump. <laughs> so can you see like the, the I old guess maybe, maybe it bugs me so much because I was a Trump supporter for so long. Uh, no, like I, I kind of like, if you think about the Republican debates, you could kind of put some of the, the old order chiefs up on that stage and it would kind of be the same kind of thing you know it had to have been like living through it like was horrendous and but but i gotta tell you it must have looked really hilarious you know from the outside like if you were in boda or if you were in like fol you probably looked at the golden dawn you're like what the hell is going on over there they weren't even really paying attention i because i went to boda and I'd be like, you know, they they would say, oh, you're a member? And I'm like, no, 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 I'm traditional Golden Dawn. And they're like, oh, which one? And I'm like, oh, the really bad one. And they're like, which one's that? And I'm like, <laughs> which you know, one's this, that? Like, this one in particular. And they're those. like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not familiar. And I was like, well, you know, I kind of gave them a basic rundown. And then one of the guys was like, interesting. Now, in the in in Boda, we use the hierophant to represent our higher self, and it's you know the tarot key, and it's something we connect with. We all have our own inner hierophant. Don't you find that dressing up as the hierophant and doing the the neophyte initiation exalts the ego? And I said, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Without hesitation, I was like, for sure. But I mean, that the whole game is to like pretend that it's not. And it's like, no, 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 no. Don't yeah, I'm not Edward. I'm the Lord of the Universe. <laughs> it's like Crowley saying, you know, I'm oh no, I've lost my ego. I'm now the Master Therion. You know, so, <laughs> right? You know? Well, yeah, it's like no wonder. You, you know, through from from one ten to four seven, you're like literally sort of like running around the 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 temple, and finally you're supposed to get that it was like you you know you had your red ruby slippers all along, and you never really left anywhere. <laughs> but but no one really tells you that. And the thing is, is that like literally. Like people don't get it. Like they get they get in these ropes and they get like into this like weird ego space and yeah. it's it's really bad. It's I mean, David I think Lynch that space. Yeah, it's it's like the red room. They and they, they you can make of it whatever you want. You know, it could be yes. the the fear or love. It could be the the black lodge or the white lodge. Who controls the arm today? I can't wait till the next series comes out. Oh yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. So Twin Peaks and the Golden Dawn. How would that line up? Um, in terms of officers, yeah, or... yeah, it's just as a random question popped into my head. They, have you you've seen the the Twin Peaks tarot that Ben Mackey's doing, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so Agent Cooper, totally he's got like the magician. So who, wait, who's the magician? M- Agent Cooper. Yeah, but uh, see, you know, and I appreciate like all of that, and you can make arguments for for those things. Sure, it was kind of flawed, like uh, to to be way up in in. Um, That's true. Every upper. Try it. I just don't know. Yeah. Um, I think only uh, uh, Bobby's dad was the only character that was perfect or that, you know, didn't seem yeah. anything wrong with him at all. Yeah. No, but, you know, but you could make an argument for, for Magician because he did, really did have all the tools. You know, he, he was very 
Um, you know, he had the tools of, of a Saya, you know, he had, so he was really, really grounded and he was able to kind of resist Audrey, um, you know, but the the Tibetan method of divination. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, you know, I, I get it. It's, it's fine. I think that, you know, that whole universe has its own like weird flaws. So you kind of have to take account of that. I, I, I like that. Um, so who would the, so who would the Hierophant be? Oh yeah, well he had, uh, and I I can't remember his name. Major so and so, the Bobby's dad. The Bobby's dad. Okay. Um. So like, I'm trying to think of like who the officers would be. Yeah, they'd they'd be twisted because I mean the whole th- the whole point of the of the the ceremony is they're all supposed to be these really lofty sort of you know abstract. Like Maat is is hardly even a person. She's more of a scale. She's the scales themselves with a little feather. I mean personified, but yeah, I mean you know in in, in his world, I think because everything's so dark and obscure. You actually would have someone like um, Madame Tremond being like the the hegemon, maybe mm. because you know what's actually leading you through things is like this really obscure, yeah, you know, even unseen per- thing. Yeah, and um, I I had experience with you know having you know down the road without calling anyone out specifically, like the the he- the hegemon archetype in my experience of the Golden Dawn being the one leading me to really bizarre, strange things that to this day I find myself trying to purge myself of karmically, but all, you know, kind of being done in the name of the other guy. That's okay. That's a story there. So what, so let's talk about it. (laughs) Well, it's, I, I mean, again, it's like, it's, it's about someone and, and I might, you know, I I might even edit this out. It's about, you know, Oh, but she was my Hegman and, uh, and she was also the person that 95% of my negative interactions with were actually with her, um, technically, where she would call me up and let me know what wanted me to do next. Yeah, you know, it's and that that's that's. I think that that gets into this really like the the issue with with orders in general um, and karma it, and diffusion well, responsibility. Yeah, and the poor thing, like I think she she literally took on a lot of that karma, like the horrible karma. Yeah, um, and you know, I you know, wow. And, you know, it's, it's those, those kinds of things that, um, I, yeah. And I, I bear my responsibility for my share. You know, there's a tendency to put it all outside of myself, but. Oh, I, I I definitely earned, you know, my degree of, of karma. And, um, you know, I, definitely had to go back to the people that, that I hurt and just said, look, here's the deal. I am so sorry. You don't have to forgive me, but here's what happened. Here's what went down. And you know, it is what it is. And, you know, fortunately a lot of those people were way more evolved than I was. And we're just like, look, dude, it's, it's fine. Like we'll get through it. Um, Yeah. But you know, it's, it's weird that you have, um, it's like a specific dark, uh, Sorry, go on. But you know, you know, you know. So I, I was, I thought, like it bothered me for the longest time that you had um, a leader who really, like, not only really had had a good understanding of, of people and could really lead them to really great places, and really was a good healer and and really knowledgeable and just, you know, so that there were a lot of good qualities about about them. But someone who also did did really bad bad things. 
and it bothered me for the longest time. Like, how do you deal with that kind of juxtaposition? I think that what I've come to, and, and someone mentioned it to me and, and sort of the, the, the path that I'm kind of on now, he said, you know what? When I see evil like that, I don't even want to know why. Yeah. They, they do it because they enjoy it at some level, and that's, that's it. And that kind of helped me like really put closure around the whole thing because yeah. I think that at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, this person got enjoyment out of this for whatever reason. Maybe it's a sickness. Maybe it's like they can't help themselves. Like whatever compulsion or whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Yeah. They did evil. You need to like cho- choose to stand with it or against it or outside of it or whatever you want to do and, and then move on. And, you know, that's, that's given me a lot of closure and a lot of like feeling really, you know, I can actually look back now at some beautiful times that I had, um, in that group, um, with fondness, with fondness. Yeah. Like after, after a bad divorce, you know, give it 10 years and you can look back and go, Oh, the honeymoon was nice. (laughs) You know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, and my kid, I had a 14 year relationship and sometimes I I look back and I'm like, I can't remember any times. And I think it's because there weren't that many good times. (laughs) But no, like I think, you know, you know, I, I did have some good times there. It was, there were some, my, my worst times and my best times. So, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's true. You know, I, I, my, I, when I tell my stepmom some of the stories, you know, she, she just smiles and, and shakes her head and says, you have been living in a different century. <laughs> like the stories you tell me are, the, this is the sort of things that people used to go through 800 to 1000 years ago. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> this is- actually, you know, what was really funny. Like, I, I actually, like, I wanted to get demoted so badly. <laughs> Um, so after my five, six, like I, I, I really like, I was like, so the, it's like the people who didn't want to get demoted, like they got demoted to like three, I think the one guy ended up getting, he got demoted to three, eight. And I kept thinking, I want to be in three, eight. <laughs> I don't want to be this adept. I want to be back in practicas. I what know. I was this? always so jealous. I was, and I was always, I mean, in the end, there was a time when I was like, there was like five minutes when I was a new adept that I was inspired and inspiring. And then once a bunch of shit happened, some things that you kind of made reference to that I may or may not edit out or, you know, like I, I'll, I'm going to be d- discreet when I go through it. Um, I don't want to give too much away, you know, uh, about people who are relatively innocent. But anyway, um, what was I talking about? Fuck. Yeah, once that all went down, I kind of lost any sense of that that there was a redeeming value to what we were doing. And I was basically running on autopilot because of my oath, basically. And just I think, be, that, I think everyone was. To do. I yeah. think everyone was. And I think that that's where it's like when you guilt people into taking into these oaths, it's kind of like, well, for life for yeah. life. And or, this whole idea of, yeah. you know, you don't follow this guy and you're fallen. That's very cult-like. That's yeah. very cult-like. And I re- highly recommend that anyone, you know, when they're thinking about an order or a group or whatever, like really respect yourself first and really, you know, think about yourself first. Um, don't think about the group first. Think about yourself and like where you want to go and where you want to be. Um, but you know, so I will tell you this, you know, I never really recognized myself as an adept until way after uh, I had left the group. And I actually, she didn't know it, or maybe she did know it. Um, there was a former student of mine who actually, in a lot of ways, became my teacher because I started having like this weird recurring nightmare. Um, and 
and, and no one told me about this kind of stuff in five, six, mm-hmm. uh, because I just didn't stay long enough. And maybe it, it, my experience was kind of unique, but she said, she actually said to me, why don't you ask him what he wants? Like this person was like chasing me and, and whatever, ask him what he wants. So I, I did that. And my life completely changed because then I started to like go into all the dark spots because the, the golden dawn by itself, it's, it's this completely solar egregore and it's all about the ego. It's all about the sun and the light of the sun and blah, blah, blah. And what it does, what it, what it kind of issues is this notion of no, 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 like now you need to like look in the darks. You, like you're strong enough now with, with all the solar love that you have, take right. that light and go into the darkness of yourself You've and been explore that. Resh long enough to Pathwork Cove. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Like, like really, you know, go into, to those spaces and love those spaces. Like really, you know, and I'm, I'm not going to go into too much detail because I sort of feel like it's this like really powerful spot for me, mm-hmm. but I had this, um, so I had another like recurring nightmare where there was this being that was, um, across the hall for me and, and the door was locked, but was locked from its side of the house. And I was sleeping kind of on the other side of it. And I was really nervous, like thinking, oh my God, this critter's going to like, you know, eat me, but it was locked. And, and she, she's like, well, that's kind of interesting, isn't it? It was locked from its side. So it's afraid of you, isn't it? And I was like, that's interesting. So I started doing this like meditation where I was, we were passing notes to each other underneath the door and it, it didn't trust me and it didn't trust me for good reasons. And I finally built that up and it unlocked the door. And again, my life totally changed. And it was only till like I had done enough of that work that I really kind of felt like, you know, I kind of feel that I finally got my five, six, but I kind of had to do it on my own. Like going through that initiation. Yeah, it was fine and everything. It was a beautiful initiation. But on the other hand, like, I think that you have to like come into your own. And I think that, you know, in a lot of ways, um, I think you've come into your own where you've kind of like said, this is what I want to teach. This is what I want to do with my life. Um, and yeah, it's not golden dawn. So I need to like, I need to, to part ways and, yeah. you know, yeah. Well, I also like to teach golden dawn to people who want to learn it, but they don't want to drink the Kool-Aid, <laughs> you know, <laughs> cause there's a lot of fucking Kool-Aid. And it, I mean, we were talking earlier about joining a group where if you're not in league with the leader, you're fallen. That's basically the Mathersian formula of how to have a traditional Golden Dawn order. So if you're in a traditional Golden Dawn order and you take a good, honest look at it, you might just find that that's the case. And I think the only good reason to get involved in that is if you genuinely love Victorian English esoteric reenactment like if you just if you would go to the renaissance fair every year regardless of whether it was owned by blockbuster then by all means <laughs> join the join the cicero order but stay away from griffin and you know but um you well, know what i, I mean think, i think i yeah but i think this you know knowing like what you know so I, i'm certainly not in in um in the in cicero's order um but i love the people that are there i love who's there and i love what they kind of talk about and their approach 
Yeah. Um, so I don't. I, 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 like, it's I, not I, as authoritarian. I, I would think. I mean, I'm not there. I don't know. I just, um, I know the system well enough that and 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 human nature well enough. You know, it's uh, right now they've got a good. They've got uh, who was the guy that was the emperor at the beginning of that movie? Uh, uh, Gladiator. You know, the old guy, the philosopher. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Right now they've got him. You know. At the at the helm, and I'm sure that God willing, chick should live forever. But I mean, I think that down the road, if that's if the structure of that corporation of that organization remains intact for another hundred years, then we'll get the the Joaquin Phoenix. You know. Yeah, you know, I I think that that um, the good news in that particular group right now is that you have a lot of people there who are young enough, yeah, who have also been through you know, some nasty, nasty orders and nasty conflict. And, and you see the results of, of all of that, you know, I hurt people who were my only friends. I mean, that's ridiculous. Like that's absolutely ridiculous. Um, and that's one thing, like, I, I, you know, I don't, you know, when I was a kid, like in my twenties, I'm like, Oh, I'll never regret anything about my life. I regret that. Yeah. I really do. I know. I read the stuff I used to write when I was an idealistic teenager and I've never written like that since because there's been a seed <laughs> of, I am a hypocrite buried underneath, you know, that I can, yeah. I can never escape. And I, I've had to accept that I'm not going to do enough good karma to be able to look myself in the mirror and say, I'm absolutely proud of it myself. And I, I don't think, you know, this is probably not going to be my last life because of it. You know, because of how much I seem to be still carrying and unable to to let go of, you know, just as far as guilt. Yeah, you know, I think that, that there are things you can do that, that, that'll help. And you know what those things are. Yeah. And, and we get there. And, and I think that that's, it's you know, it's, it's funny, though. It's funny because, you know, I think that, you know, the physicians, like doctors are the worst patients. And I think knowing this stuff, like it's the hardest. I remember you telling me the, the, the most hysterical story about um, that you were in a relationship with someone who was in the, the order and and she she told you or you told her to go to go banish and I thought that was the most hysterical to thing. go what that, to go it's oh like, to go you're banish being, you're you're grumpy you need to go banish I mean like that's going to make you feel better and like while you're doing it like all the resentment that you have like someone like my partner just uh-huh. told me to go banish like, f them uh-huh. you know like uh-huh. i thought that was so hysterical i've seen that i watched a hierophant <laughs> boss his hegman wife around and then the past hierophant same man boss his hierophant wife around while she was on the throne (laughs) you know people would have to take them aside and be like you can't be bossing your wife around while she's on the hierophant throne people have to have respect for that office you know right but yeah i could easily see her telling her tell him telling telling his wife to go banish and her going and doing it (laughs) god i'm great i'm grateful that i have a wife would never tolerate any anything like that out of me <laughs> yeah but i just i, I think we're the, the worst patients because we know we know all the things we we need to do it's sort of like you know you know okay i need to do daily practice and i need to do this and here are the things i need to work on and it's it's sometimes really hard i think that even knowing the specific techniques kind of can get in the way yeah. of doing that and that's where I think exploring like all the different things that are out there. Like yoga, yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. I mean, it it has, the the initial appeal to it was there was nothing in it that reminded me of all that shit. Well, you know what was really healing for me? I mean, this is going to be really strange, but, you know, since your last, uh, since the last person you talked with was Sal, I think that it's also really appropriate. Um, So in our order, uh, our past order, 
the idea that set was Satan was very prevalent and the mm-hmm. idea that, oh my God, like are we stand, you know, we're Osirian and set is like evil and stuff. Right. And so I went, I ended up in an order and actually before then I worked with, with an, uh, a former adept of the FOL and we're kind of doing, doing our own thing. And she taught me a lot about both Anubis and set. Um, and, and the FOL does use set in their initiation uh, rituals that I didn't understand that. And she, she kind of gave me a different point of view so that when I went into this other order where um, as, as Hyrus, uh, I was set. And so, you know, I take, I take those offices on very seriously um, in that I see it as a devotion to that particular uh, God. So, yeah. you know, I was, I was Seth's devotee for six months and I thought that was all, you know, both funny and strange. And I got to tell you during that time, um, you know, Set isn't evil, <laughs> you know, he's an archetype and he is, if you think about the tree, like he's beyond um, the Keter of, of Isaiah. So, you know, um, is it a, you know, always a, you know, pleasant energy? Well, no, like you can evoke aspects of set that are very warlike. I mean, he was a warlike God, um, but there are aspects of him and his intelligence. Remember set is the slayer of a pep and a pep uh, as the, you know, as, as ignorance. I mean, that was like the worst sin in the world. It's like, no, you've got to like, you've got to rise up. And he, he, you know, he's the one in a lot of ways that tells you, no, like pick yourself up, be strong, like, you know, be strong in the face of adversity. Um, and there were really good things that he did, but it, you know, it was those kinds of things like really shifting my own model of the universe and seeing that, you know, it's not this dichotomy of this is good. This is evil. Uh, it was much more, here's how it all kind of works together. And here's, you know, here are different ways of, of viewing this entire huge universe that we live in yeah. uh, where we know like, you know, such a small, tiny percentage uh, and, and and we get better, but every baby, every like minuscule baby step, we think that we've, we've accomplished so much and we've got so much, much more to go. We have so much potential um, that things like set is Satan is just such a childish and right. limiting view um, when, well, my mom was fond of saying he was the archetypal male chauvinist pig because he thought that Isis shouldn't rule while Osiris was away, that he should rule as the brother, and he had the head of a pig. So that was enough for her to make him uh, the epitome of all evil, having lived through the early 60s and all that. <laughs> but that's something else. That was just where – that was a, her spin on it. Yeah, you know, I mean, and, and people can have the, those spins, and I think that, that – um, I think that – sometimes having those points of view can be really productive for your own growth, like in that, that particular moment. Um, and then you kind of move on. Like my, my ideas about Crowley have really changed, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. I thought, well, okay, he's the, he's the, you know, the the spooky beast, but I mean, it's kind of like, I, I kind of seem like a Marilyn Manson where, you know, I think that he was, you know, you can look at him as kind of spooky or you can think he's hysterical when he like, you know, bends over and shows his ass in a cop uniform. Yeah. I think it's hysterical. And Crowley is all those things. Like, he can be spooky. He can be really, like, really intelligent and really bring forth some really interesting ideas. Um, and he can be an asshole. And he can be brilliant. And he's he's also a chauvinist. And he's all of those things. So um, limiting him to, oh, my God, don't read anything Crowley because he's yeah. evil is 
not particularly productive. Yeah, I, I, I can see also an arc in like I was raised on Sesame Street. And I remember, you know, my sister and I, when we were first exposed to the idea that people were doing terrible things in the world, like genuinely, without any irony whatsoever, looking at each other and saying, didn't they watch Sesame Street? And, uh, you know, so that was kind of like the 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 uh, the bubble the uh, that I came from. And so as I was growing up, it was like racism, bad, you know, chauvinism, bad. And then being totally accepting of everybody, no matter what, good. And then but then so as I, then I started to hate my ancestors as I the more I learned about them. Um, and then I finally had to come around to acceptance and then eventually loving them, you know, and, and yeah. being able to just com- accept them as Shit, you know, you were in the old west. You had a gun and a flag and a son, and you shot your share of Native Americans, and you built yourself a house, and that's why I live in L.A. You know, what can I, what can I say? You know, like if there's karma passed down the genes, I've, I've got some bad karma there. You know, for sure. Uh, but you know, I, there's like I vaguely remember Jesus saying something about, and Buddha too, about being able to free yourself from, from ancestor karma. But I think it takes effort. I don't know. I, I like I like the idea that um, karma is kind of the net sum of where you are right now. And so, like when I think about karma with bad genes, it's kind of like, well, yeah, you could have the cancer gene, and that that could really suck. Yeah, that's true. Um, or like, you know, you're in a really good place with yourself right now because you've kind of dealt with with the core of who you are. Um, or maybe you're just imagining it. Who knows? Um, yeah. <laughs> or or you it's um, all a ploy you know like you know, you, like in the old order like that you know cuz it was headed by a male chauvinist pig who was selling the idea of satan as or set as satan to women by saying he was a male chauvinist pig and then <laughs> said, claiming that the order was all about this hermetic figure that was non-gendered and that Kether is non-gendered and, you know, luring people in. But you notice there were very few females in the second order because by the time you get that close to the sun, you find out how chauvinistic it is. Yeah, but you know what's hysterical? Like, I always think of the movie um, The Commitments uh, with with respect to that old order, because you had that really old guy who was really kind of gross, and he got like all these women, and you're like, what the what hell the is fuck? that all about? Like these really pretty, like these pretty young women are like throwing themselves at this really ugly guy. Hmm. Um, you know, I I just didn't get it, but whatever. I think it's power. I don't know. People are, <laughs> some people are attracted to power. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, I could be the next. You know chief's wife like and you know the people that end up having that job will tell you it's not worth it <laughs> yeah yeah oh you should edit that out that's so mean i don't mean to be mean to like you know well to, like the, well, I mean, we're thinking of specific people but i mean there's no. gonna be and there's gonna be people listening that know who we're thinking of while we're talking <laughs> and then there's gonna be other people that are like this is really interesting and it kind of reminds me of the situation i'm aware of you know <laughs> So I'll, I'll have to go through and very select. I don't know. I, th- I mean, it's 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 mean, and I know, and I shouldn't call him ugly. I, you know, like, <laughs> oh, that he's just not my type. No, I I don't think that it. I, he was a he was a more attractive guy when he was younger. I think that's why the order was going so well in the early '90s was because he was still in his early 40s. He hadn't really let himself go yet, and uh, you know, but like wh- once once you have kind of the 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 tubby balding you know, sweaty 50s. Yeah, but he still had women throwing themselves at him even with that going on. Like, right. figure. Well, he had to start was... targeting, you know, the young-looking 40-year-olds instead of the, uh, you know, 20-year-olds like he was. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> but it's like it, 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 you know it's got to be embarrassing to have your vault your the vault of the adepti the most holy place that you actually have in your order be called the honeymoon suite oh. i mean that's <laughs> yeah, that yeah that's that's what was called on the outside it was like yeah they're they're honeymoon suite of the adepti oh no that's embarrassing yeah it, that kind of way where you're just like, oh my god, I, really, I work here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I'll have to build. And then, and then, and then it's like, and then, you, like, you have these things happen, and it's not explained, or it's like, oh, it's these dark forces attacking us. It's like you have a chief's adept one breaking. Or you oh, have forces part of, the, of evil. We need oh, a, a new acronym person. to take care of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, why don't you look at yourselves? You know? Yeah. Maybe these things are breaking because, you know, it's from the inside, but whatever. Yeah. You know, told yeah. me once about, um, oh, I said his name. I shouldn't. Like, oh, please, I'm going to go through and edit that it. out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but like, so th- this guy that we're, so Voldemort, we'll, we'll just call him Voldemort. Um, <laughs> So Voldemort actually talked to me once about this book that he had read about. Um, it, I think it was something like How to Create a Magical Order or something like that. And I, it was written from a um, more like a, a black magic path. If you, like I'm, I'm using that term, you know, in, in a bad way. But like, like the, this guy, what he was talking about is that they all had guns um, in in their group. And the idea was that like, you know, as a tool, like one, like if you ever left the group or you betrayed the group, they would like shoot you. Um, and that was kind of the, the, um, the, the, the symbolism behind that in their group. Mm. Um, I mean, that's really creepy. And, you know, talking about that kind of thing, it's like, okay, you've read this book and you've really thought about it. Not like one of these things where you you read, you read some of these books, you're like, oh my god, that's such trash, and like you block it out of your head. Like, yeah, you know, some of the the um the plague and Wiccan stuff. Um, uh, I think Wiccan's great, but like the everyone should know what I'm talking about when I'm talking about the plague and stuff, where it's like the the you know just dance around and sky clad and you're magical. Um, right. You know that kind of stuff. I like block out of my head. I don't even remember what I read, but like you know, he'd really thought about that. Um. And I think that he used a lot of those 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 tactics and those techniques. I think that the the real shame of it is that um, the people that were there were, by and large, really really good people um, at, at the core. Yeah. yeah, you had a couple of really bad apples, but they really were were pushed out before they. Um, a lot of them made it to five six. Now, some of them really should have been. Um, in five, six. And, and there were other reasons that, that it didn't work out. Right. Um, but there were, you know, the, the bad apples really were kind of like, you know, people, you know, and I'm talking, when I say bad apples, it's the people that are, you know, where you could clearly see, okay, this person's going to be really manipulative and creepy and gross. And they're going to do like really bad things if they run a sanctuary and, yeah. you know, you need to protect people, that kind of thing. Um, <clears throat> so, it's just a shame that like there was this guy that had like a group of pretty decent people who, um, you know, just was the, the tactics were horrendous. I mean, you know, one guy I'm thinking about now who was one of the most inspired 
people that I've, I think I've ever met. Um, you know, he, he wasn't allowed to go to college. You know, he had to basically sit in poverty, um, you know, because this guy didn't want him to, to I think, you know, Voldemort really recognized this guy was really brilliant. And if he got out um, to explore the world or, or to use his, his massive brain to really do something else, then, then there would be big trouble for, for his group. You know, I'm right here. <laughs> wait, wait, are you talking about someone else? Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, you are too. You are too. <laughs> I know. God, if I had like, my dad spent six years in college and then he went on to do all these great things and actually within, within society, you know, I mean, I can brag, I have bragging rights to really, you know, flaky, sometimes schizophrenic people, you know, um, like when I run into them, I can say, well, you know, I was fully initiated in a traditional Golden Dawn order. And most people will kind of slowly back away, usually not knowing what I'm talking about, maybe thinking of the Greek Nazis. And then there's that small, small percentage of people that will be like, wow, I really respect your credentials. And it's like, God, was that worth 20 years of my time? I don't know. Yeah, there, there's actually someone, um, if, uh, she goes by Scarlet. Yeah, oh, I yeah. can say Scarlet Magdalene, right? Okay, I, so Scarlet. So. Had... Hey, come on the podcast, Scarlet. Anyway. Yeah, she needs to be on the podcast because, yeah, yeah. like, like no, she's wait the for me. I, like, I bow before I'm like, esoteric nerdism, Scarlet. You are a, a superior esoteric nerd to me. I want you on the yeah, show. Yeah, by the way, like, she like she would have been episode, like, four for me. I should have been episode, like, 5,370. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like the ex, I'm like the filler. But, um, but well, I also have people on who are interested in you know things, not just who are experts. But yeah, she was she was she once upon a time she was my student, but she was my teacher. She was always my teacher. Yeah, I had I had one like that. Yeah. Um, but but anyway, she had she was posting something from this this guy who was saying I got like I forget what he did. He was like I got you know I was like the, the, a straight A student in the Golden Dawn and I started laughing that's hilarious like, on all the wow, pop quizzes you know the, you know the Hebrew alphabet and correspondences like what? congratulations oh, for you did you have a bar mitzvah oh. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of which have you ever thought it was strange I mean I, 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 I've heard a historical theory for this but have you ever thought it was strange that they had Tatwas and the Golden Dawn I mean it seems like so it's like teaching, um, I don't know, it just, it's, it's, it seems out of place, doesn't it? Yeah, but I mean, I think that in the context of, because it comes up first in Theoricus, but you really get into it in Practicus, right? Is that standard yeah. or is that just us? Um, so, like, for one thing, it's like a, it's, it almost seems like the whole, Samothracian Kabiri thing and the whole Chaldean thing is all just to like dis di divert and distract you from the fact that it's Egypt, Judaism, Christianity. Like, you know, right. our, our, our very limited view of the thread of history, you know, it starts in Egypt, goes to Israel, then to Rome, then to London, then to you and your sanctuary too. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that's so hysterical. <laughs> 
<laughs> so we throw in some Samothracian, bring in a little Jainism just as a teaser. Like, oh, now that I'm in the third grade, the Oricus, we get into some Eastern stuff. And then lo and behold, there's never any Eastern stuff again, except that which is implied in the entire Western mystery tradition and its, you know, influences. You know what, what, what I saw is, is, is just this kind of like weird missed opportunity. Like for me, when I first experienced it, I was like, oh, so this is going to be kind of like this encyclopedic kind of thing um, where it's like, you know, it's one of those like secret teachings of all ages where, you know, everything kind of fits. And when you think about, you know, this whole notion of five, six and where, you know, basically you're given uh, the Rose Cross. And it's like, well, you know, this gives you access to everything. Yeah. Well, everything shouldn't just be limited to, you know, um, this very, very small sliver of, of what's available to you. Yeah. I mean, it should incorporate, it should incorporate yoga. It should incorporate, <clears throat> or at least that there's a place for it, you, you know? Yeah, for sure. But solar traditions just don't, I don't think you, it's, it just doesn't work. I think you, you have to have something beyond um a solar construct that that can accept all those things and somehow balance them all out and it's a weird thing it's like that that's what it kind of requires it's like this huge like this huge matrix of this huge you know puzzle and in theory you would have this thing that that coalesces and like figures out like well how how does this really fit into this this broader whole um you have like all these really interesting, diverse people. How can you like fit them all together? How can they, they coexist in a nice system? And it doesn't get that far. It, it always falls short. And that's, what's so heartbreaking. Yeah, that's true. So I've kind of like, I've kind of thrown up my hands and said, you know what? I personally, like, I think it's all good, but I don't see a group or a system or, you know, one thing being able to unify these things together yet. I, I hope that um, I know that there are a few people who are kind of trying to work on that in really odd ways of like, well, how do you unify everything? Right. Yeah. You know, how do you, how do you create a world where, you know, these, all these different systems can coexist without people like killing each other. Um, and so people are doing some work, but it's, it's really hard. I, I, I don't, personally see a solution but i really am supportive of 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 those who who work to make that happen i try to as far i mean i'm thinking specifically of you know you know the the one that everybody is on it the first thing that comes on to the mind of anybody who watches the news you know which is isis um not our isis but the more recent one um and you know i mean as far as this uh, you know, the, the fundamentalist um, and violent Islam or Christianity, I've been putting a lot of energy into promoting mystical and maybe, you know, uh, quote unquote, deviant or, you know, heretical forms of, of Christian thought, um, as well as Arab, you know, uh, uh, you know, you know, well, Islamic. Are great. I love yeah. Sufi literature. Not to mention to older Arabic part stuff part. like what Ka's doing. Like if people oh, yeah. if people were to d- to discover this rich system of the the mansions of the moon and you know all these different things. I mean, he says don't mess with the mansions. Yeah, of the he moon, says stay but, away from the moon. Yeah, that was something I got, like one of the things that stuck with me is like he's like stay away from the moon. I'm like okay, gotcha. gotcha. <laughs> 
yeah don't no, seriously there. like his stuff like whatever he's what like for him like if he says anything i'm like yep okay great with you like don't need to go there <laughs> i wondered if that was the origin because there was one point where the other bt told me there was a my hierophant was a different bt by the way if anybody i, I think i've never said that on the air um so that's a weird one but i never uh, met him but but yeah. you know but I know who you're talking about. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he told me you can't fly to the moon, that you have to draw a door and walk through the door to the moon. And so to prove him wrong, of course, I flew to the moon. And I, was no, I had no problem with it. Um, but I wonder if that's related to cause teaching about stay away from the moon. Interesting. Well, <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I'm not sure what you would get, like what you would seek out of that kind of um, out of the moon anyway. Um, something new yeah I mean, you've got, <laughs> there's this notion of fluidity and i guess if you need something um broken i knew this this woman who um who who i believe um was kind of cursed by our former order um and she got sick in a way where she just couldn't get any better yeah. um and i guess in that kind of case you could have used sort of the, that notion of fluidity to try to like fluidly like undo the night. Basically what, what she was dealing with was this Gordian knot of energy. So you try to pull up one, one side of it and another part would tighten. Um, and that's just how it felt. And so uh, actually um, the thing that worked was something that, um, cause I, I actually was working with Joe Max and Joe Max would also be a great person to have on the esoteric nerd. Hey, Joe He's Max, awesome. if you're listening to this, we want to have you on the esoteric nerd podcast. Okay. Brilliant, brilliant, <laughs> brilliant, and super nice guy. Um, I used to, I used really to fight funny. with him back when I was, uh, uh, during my year as a, as a crony. And I was, um, basically repeating everything that Voldemort said and he was challenging it and I was doing my best to mercurially dance around his challenges, but I got to really, He's you know, a beautiful guy. Like his, oh, his whole great. family is no, beautiful. No, he was absolutely right the whole time, and he was pointing yeah. out all the logical fallacies that I was parroting, and I really appreciate – he's part of the village that raised me. <laughs> so – and he, he may not know it, but yeah. Yeah, I mean I think when uh, – you know, he, they were – when I joined a similar I, – I can't really – I should just say it. So I was part of the OSOGD for a while, mm -hmm. and um, I think they were all kind of like very dubious of my part membership. Part of the unified order. Because it was sort of like I came from this group that was very like, like to have someone come over from my group was just unheard of. Right. Um, and so I think that they kind of somewhat always questioned my motives. Um, although the reality, I'll, I'll actually tell you the reality uh, of why I was there. I actually got this weird vision um, one night uh, that I had to go to San Francisco. Um, and it was Tahuti, and he was basically like, you need to go. I'm like, huh? And it all like it all fell into place. Like I, I almost it was almost like I didn't have a choice. Mm -hmm. I did have a choice, but like it was just so it was all easy and it was all like all. Yeah, these... he made me make this fucking esoteric nerd podcast. Fucking thoughts. Yeah, so... but, but it's all good, like, right? <laughs> yeah. Like you get to you get to do, oh, like do this. I so like, it's kind of like I like letting him, you know, call like, the shots. But <laughs> he'll, he'll give you the, he'll call the shots, but like he'll pave the path for you. It's like okay, I'll just go down. And it's all good. Yeah. So then, um, you know, I got like. Someone that we both respect. Um, I, I wonder if I can. So uh, LED, I'll say Soar LED kind of mm -hmm. mentioned, hey, you know, I talked with, um, you know, some people over there and they seem like decent, decent guys. And so I joined and it all seemed really good. And, 
And I remember there was a time, like there were things I really fit in with them really, really well. And there were things that were just not a fit at all uh, because I really like mystical Christianity. Um, in addition to like, I think they couldn't understand the, the notion that I love mystical Christianity, but I also recognize and have relationships with, um, with other deities. Right. Um, that just seemed like, because there were, there are people in that, that, that group that really had very, very traumatic experiences with Christianity. Yeah. Um, very traumatic. And I do, I do respect that. Um, but I'm not going to change my own views. I'm not going to change my relationships with, you know, with, with my, with my deities. Yeah. Um, well, because you had met, what's your name in India? You saw Jesus on an altar with Ganesh. Yes. And that's, and I, that's like, oh, you can do that. Well, she can do it. Why can't I, you know? And I, I, that's, that's, that's like my, that's a mirror of my, my personal, in my heart. That's my altar. It's yeah. everything. It's got everything on it. And, um, you know, and I get like where, where people can't move beyond a particular issue they had in their childhood. And some of them were really like, they're heartbreaking things to hear. Yeah. And I, I can't help, like, I can't help that. I can't yeah. change anything in their past. If I could, I, I swear I would. Um, right. But you know, at the end of the day, like, I, I think that they didn't really get that. So they had like people like Joe Max was my, like, he was kind of like the, the, the watcher over me, which was great. I loved it. Cause I love him and his family's lovely and he's so smart. And you know, that was my dream come true. Really? Um, it's like, yeah, okay, cool. You're going to watch over me. But really the, i I remember being Hegemon there and I remember looking up and I was just like Thoth, because you know, the relationship between Ma'at and Thoth was the perfect point to kind of like look up and be like, I was literally like, dude, why am I here? <laughs> like, yeah. It's, it's, it's not working. Like I'm, I'm really trying, I'm trying to like be here. And, and he, like I, there was one word and it was wait. Mm. And so I'm like, okay, um, I will hang out. Like I'll, hang out here. And then I kind of like faded and I came back and like, there was something kind of driving me back, but I didn't really know why. And I was like, really like doing, like I was moving up the, the grades and stuff and I became Hyrus. And that's why I did my, that's what leads into my whole set thing. Um, and then, you know, there was this thing cause I wasn't in the, in their inner order. Um, but I heard that, Hey, you know, Voldemort wants to kind of come and visit our temple. Hmm. And I was like, like waving my arms, like hell no. And like, not on my watch. Do not bring him in here. Do not let him in the door. Right. Because like, I then talked to other people and they're like, here are specific tactical things that he will do if he gets in the place. He'll use thumbtacks. He'll use this like charge thumbtacks. Like he'll just put them like randomly in different places. It's like, don't let him in the door. And so when I described all that, they were kind of like, I think that, that it just took them aback that there was this guy who would actually do this kind of stuff. Cause I think that, you know, the people in the OSOGD <clears throat> by and large, they're nice people. Yeah. They really are. They're really, they're also really smart. Some of them are more devoted than, than others and whatever, like it's a the limit kind of group. So it's a little bit more Lucy than like you have in, in other groups in terms of what's expected out of you. But there, there's a lot of like really um, good, you know, thoughtful, um, 
scholarship and they're, there's like, they're, they're really decent people. And I think that hearing these things that this person would do really shocked them. And I think that it also, you know, even though I, I was able to keep them out, it created more scrutiny on me because it's like, wow, this was your leader and yeah. who are you again? Yeah. Um, and so I was pushed out in a rather not nice way. Um, it was very kind of passive aggressive and, you know, I just, I saw it for what it was and I asked Seth, he's like, honey, you need to leave. <laughs> and I, I, yeah. I was this is what you back. came here to do. I did exactly what I came to do. I needed to protect them. That's yeah. all I needed to do. And I needed to just be there at that one moment in time. And it was fine. I still have a couple friends fr from there. Um, there are people that I wish that I was, was still in contact with, but it's just better than, you know, sometimes um, relationships are just better when you kind of make a clean break and you just say, you know what? I was there for a purpose. I really like you guys. I wish you the best and, you know, peace be with you. We're done. Yeah. But I really like them. I hope they, they do great things. They, you know, they're, they're, they're fantastic people. They were the teaching one... Theoricus poker like a, a month ago. Oh. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. They do cool things like that, you know? And um, Max in particular, like there are people that you're like, oh my God, you, I want to connect with you with you. Like Jeff Contreras and Joe Max should be best friends because they do like... Similar Joe things. actually created... Well, yeah, he, he created this really cool thing with um, using um, like one of those Reikian... Orgone creators, oh, I yeah. think, Orgone generators. Yeah, and I know that Jeff is really into that too. Yeah, so he gave of... my mom and I one once. Yeah, you know, I should probably, I think I, I should be, I should be a Western Mysteries matchmaker. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, I think that's my next job. It doesn't pay very well though, so I think we've got to like keep my day job as well. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, there isn't really anything that pays well in the occult. Yeah. Not so much. Yeah, it's not. Like, you can't really like, point to anyone and say, "Now there's the millionaire." But even, even uh, the really scummy guys, you know, even these like ch these these people, these aspiring CEOs of corrupt organizations, aren't even getting rich off of it. It's pretty funny to watch, actually. But you know, but it's <laughs> you can't like, even say. <laughs> oh, sorry. But you can't be here for the money because it's like you know, it's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna do like I'm gonna be a you know I'm gonna be an occultist. I'm gonna like. Yeah. be powerful it's like really like you can't really be here for the power or the money because yeah, it's it got to be here. ego only yeah like you're the you're the coolest of the people that are so cool nobody knows about them <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's one of those horrible things i think it's like a it's like a bad willy wonka kind of thing where you know you're like dressed up in your robes and you're like waving your wand all about and like you see your your army of like these really tiny gnomes and everything and then like when you get into the when you get into the the, you know, when you pass on, you realize that they were only there because of their niceness to you. Yeah. And they could squish you with their polite. feet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you finally realize how small you are in this big universe. Yeah. Well, I find that, you know, where before, because, you know, living in LA, there's always a certain amount of noise 
And, you know, get, getting away, going somewhere where there's stars, going up into the mountains or the desert <sighs> is always good yeah. to clear yeah. out the mind. But then, like, so it makes sense that because they, I mean, I imagine back in 1888 in London, they'd have the sound of horse horses outside and you'd have extra, extra, you know, you have all those Victorian sounds going on. So was, and not to mention the, the coal, the, the smoke everywhere and the smell of shit. Okay. So we're so we're here, and you'll. I I hope that you edit this part out. But sure. You, like you've been around a lot. Well, if I'm gonna edit it out, oh, there we go. or not. Oh or no, not. I, like, I don't let that part out. But what the hell is TBL's deal? Because honest to God, like I could never be friends with them. Like I tried so hard to be. Like it's like I want to get to like you know like, just trying to get to know someone on a very human level. Mm. I never got there. I never got there. I don't know who he is. I've got no idea. Here's this guy, and it's like, you know, I want to be your friend, and you so won't let me. Yeah. And I always felt bad about that. I always felt like, and it was my own, it was totally my own insecurity, and, you know, where I was in in life. I mean, these days, I'm kind of like, you know what, look, I'm too old. You know, if if you're going to blow me off, that's totally fine by me. I think it affected me more because I was in my, my 20s. Um and I was kind of like, well, why won't you give me the time of day? Like, why won't you? Right. I just want to know who you are because, I, you know, you're this leader and I need to know if I can trust you. And if you're yeah. doing that, I'm not going to trust you. And I wouldn't trust him with my with, with a cat I, I, because I, I don't know him. But let me tell you something really chilling, which is yeah. that uh, he was talking with uh, with Voldemort and Voldemort went into this like weird trance. And I forget what was speaking through him, but it was like a possession kind of thing where he mm-hmm. was like, I forget like what, what dark entity was, was coming through. <laughs> you know what? You're full of shit. If you're really like, cause he was talking on a cell phone, like driving through, he's like, you know, if you're real, make a prostitute appear on the next block. And one did. Um, and it was like the guy with the sharp club kind of thing, like whatever. I think it was like just <laughs> own, dark persona coming through and manifesting. Um, and so if you're that dark and you're able to kind of show your true colors, you know, if, okay, so I'm going to put myself empathetically in that kind of entity. If I were to show my true colors, I would do so just to jeer at you and just say, fuck you. You know what? I can come through your chief adept anytime I want to. And if I can do that, then I can appear, appear gracious and pious, and I can tell you to do things in a way that you're going to believe, and they're going to be really messed up. Yeah. I can tell you to, to reverse circumambulate someone who's really nice and do it in a way that really hurts them, and you're going to believe me. And you know, when you have something like that going on, whether you call it it's someone's subconscious or someone's like, whatever, that's a real problem. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That's what, that's why I always like when I was looking at the seven points of recognition for the Thuban order, the unified order. And one of them is the acknowledgement of the existence of a third order. That was almost the point where I was like, ah, I'm over it. You know, like oh, I, and by the way, let me tell you something. And I think the OSOGD is the smartest order in the world because they aren't looking for contact. Right. Um, they aren't looking like I'm like, cause I remember I, I brought it up once and they're like, we don't like, what do we want contact for? 
And I'm like, no, that makes total sense. And you know why? Because the, I won't say which order. It's not, it's one of the ones I've talked about before, but um, it's not one that we were, either of us were in. Mm -hmm. They had contact and their guardian was Anubis. And they, they fucked up. Um, and the, according to my friend, who's an, you know, an ex adept of the, of the, oh, I said the name. Uh, you got to edit that out. Okay. Ah, okay. Ah. Um, anyway, so whoops. Um, so I'll just bleep it, but I'll leave in your reaction. Okay. <laughs> Please bleep it. Cause I don't want them to get in trouble. Um, but the, the the issue is that um, whenever you have whenever whenever you do actually have third order contact um, and you lose it, like if if that current is drawn away, the current is drawn away forever, but you're still watched. Hmm. You're watched forevermore, meaning that like you will not get away with anything, and the the leaders will not get away with anything. Like your karma is going to come back on you, big time, and yeah. so. For an OSGD, they're like, look, we're successful with what we do. Why do we need extra current to do that? Like, we're good enough, you know, we're, we're fine. And that's a really smart way to, to, to go about it, Yeah, I think. I mean, if you want the current, yeah. you know, for, for, for various reasons, I think it's fine. Like, if you want to say, okay, I want to accomplish something really big and worldwide in that, like, I want to, I don't know, like, I want to alleviate hunger, which, like, good luck, but like seriously, great thing to, to focus on. If you want your order to do that, then, you know, if you want contact to, to support you, it's fine, but you have to understand that these entities from beyond don't care about your human needs. Yeah. Um, they do not care if you're tired. They don't care if you're hungry. They don't care if you're poor. They don't care. Like they'll make it happen, but you, you will suffer. And you have to know that going into contact. And I don't think people do. They just think, oh, my order is going to be the biggest and I'm going to be really famous and whatever. That's bad. That's a bad reason to get contact because, you know, the, the karma that, that you impose upon yourself and your order um, is, is really, you know, can be a real problem it for your life. Like, it seems like initially the Golden Dawn was trying to get away from spiritualism but then Mathers kind of developed a new and very specific kind of what can only be described as Mathersonian uh, spiritualism where he had the link to these ghosts that were, you know, and no one else was allowed to have that link. And even if you got contact that said it was this being and even if it's been verified that it was that being then that contact doesn't count as far as the governance of the order like it got into all those little finer details and of course Voldemort loved to to you know use those as an example of what we were going to be doing in our order well it was a really weird like double there was this weird double standard going on so i was taught in connection with with um the third order contact that that we have and i don't well, one of them, uh, because it's not his true name. Um, mm -hmm. And I was taught how to do it. And I did it, and it was a really, like, it, that was the unique experience in terms of how to actually make that contact. Yeah. And, and interestingly enough, it actually relates to 
um, methods of contact for um, for archangels um, and deeper connections with um, with, uh, with with the gods themselves if, if you want to do that and I'll talk about those because I can't talk I, I won't talk about the the um, the former but um, the the ex adept of the that I worked with uh, told me how to connect with the, the archangels and that was you know bringing them in through the, the normal methods that, that you do uh, vibration and visualization and everything and it's um, you know opening up the chakras except for the root chakra you don't want to open up the root chakra mm-hmm. um, unless you want to be incapacitated <laughs> for like a week um, uh, but you know, the archangel opens up their chakras and they enter you. Um, they enter you as if you were a God form in some ways. Um, and you can do that with, with, with the higher, higher forms. Um, and I got to tell you that, that experience with, with Mikael, um, one in particular, I just, it was like having an aura of smiley faces for, for several hours afterwards. Hmm. Um, so, and, and that, that, that's a method that's, that's taught. Um, and it's kind of, you know, so I'll, I'll leave it at that, but, um, I will say that it was interesting. I almost lost consciousness with, um, with, with the contact thing that we were taught and then, but, but I would have a tape recorder in there because I would, I didn't know what I said. And Mm -hmm. so having the tape recorder really helped in like playing back. Okay. What did I, you know, what did I say? Cause I can't remember anything I said. Um, and um, then when I would talk about what I, what I heard, then the, 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 the edict came down from on high to my, um, my personal senior adept that all contact comes from Voldemort. Right. To read, and I'm the, like, read well, the back of the things you should know about the Golden Dawn by Rigardi. Yeah. And I'm like, well, why even teach me this method if now what I'm saying is like now you feel threatened by it? Yeah. Like why why give me this? Like it was that that was really odd. I didn't understand that that at all. It's a really bad tactic. You know, what I, I think that you know, at the end of the day, and his his one of his ex wives said, I don't know if he believes in magic. And that that, that I, I wonder that. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people do, I think. Does he buy his own bullshit? Because I I I I think I reached something, but I was still too junior to really know what am I reaching? But, you know, when you start to kind of go unconscious with your own work that you're doing, um and you're tape recording it and you're kind of coming back with things that are kind of useful to you, um, I think the markers scared him enough hmm. that he was like, no, 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 don't do that anymore. That's how Keith Richards got, can't get no satisfaction. Really? Well, he was doing a lot of heroin and he put a tape recorder on and he passed out. And then when he woke up, he rounded it all the way back and it was just, and he said, I can't get no satisfaction. And then he passed out. Okay. <laughs> And then he was like, hey, there's something here. 
Well, it's a hit, you know, and, yeah. and God bless Keith Richards, you know, Still and going. Courtney Love. You know what? Courtney Love gets a lot of slack, but I love her so much. <laughs> I really do. You, you know, the, the whole slag fest of, of, of Courtney Love and, and Marilyn Manson, where Marilyn said something really gross about Courtney. And she said, oh, I didn't know that, that you know, I always thought you were gay, Marilyn. Um, you know, I, I'll sleep with you. I've got, I've got, uh, you know, 115 is, um, I've got 115 open mm. uh, to 118. And that gives us time for a smoke. <laughs> uh. <laughs> She's like, of course I'll fuck you. Um you know, we've got three minutes and we'll have a smoke afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. Hmm. Reminds me of those letters going back and forth between Regardi and Crowley. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. You know, I haven't really read those, but I can only imagine. There's one that starts off, Dear Alice, you really are a contemptible bitch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you asked about video games and like we, we spent like, literally like two minutes no on time. it. Like, yeah. When I well, like talk more about that. I remember that. there was, there were some like actual demonic evocations that you were telling me about years ago in, in a particular game, but I don't remember the game. Oh, so silent Hill, like the oh. whole silent Hill series was really, really. Um, so let's talk about that a little bit and like, you can figure out how to like splice that in. Yeah. So silent Hill, um, it started off as one game and then it like turned into this huge franchise. And as the franchise grew, it became less powerful. I think that there were really two games that, that became like really powerful for the series. And one was silent Hill one was silent Hill two. <clears throat> so silent Hill. Um, and you can actually go through the entire gameplay um, on YouTube. So you don't even have to like figure out how to like emulate a PS or a PS two or whatever. Right. But it was really powerful because the idea was that um, so the the story is that there's this guy, super nice guy. He lost his wife, but he still has his girl, and the girl is adopted, and she wants to go. She keeps like wanting to go to Silent Hill, so he's taking her there. She's asleep, and then there's a bad car accident, and um, he gets run over. And he he falls unconscious in the car accident. And he can't find his daughter. Like, where is his daughter? Like, that's the whole game. And it's, like, July, but it's snowing. Um, and they can't think, like, like, what's that all about? And there's, like, all this demonic stuff going on. So, he, like, he's going through this town trying to figure out, like, what the, where is my daughter? Like, that's the whole question. Like, where is my daughter? And it's this whole, like, weird thing where what happened um, is that there, there was this cult uh, much like, like the EOGD um, <laughs> and, and they evoked um, Samael um, into the, this girl to try to get power. Well, something went wrong and um, the entity kind of split and the evil portion of the girl, like, like rescued the good portion of the girl and the evil portion of the girl is still intact and still in the city. Um, and what's interesting about this whole thing is that the, it, the evil portion of the girl keeps trying to like morph parts of the city so that it's, it's really hellish. Um, and so there, there are these different uh, forms of reality. You don't really know which one you're, you're really in. Um, 
And for the protagonist, it's not like it's not a problem because he's genuinely good, so he's able to escape. Hmm. Silent Hill Two is really interesting in that what it what it assumes is that the issue of the town is still intact, meaning that the that Samael has been, been evoked, and people come to Samael to receive karmic punishment for their crimes. Hmm. Um, you don't know that going in. You just think you know the game premise starts with. You're this guy, you lost your, you're this young guy, you lost your wife, in, you know, early on in your relationship and you're devastated, but you got this letter from her saying, let's go to our special place, Silent Hill. Well, you go there and you're not able to enter the city. So you have to go in through the woods and that's a whole thing. That's a whole ordeal. And you start to see, um, entities that are attacking you that look like they're in a straight jacket and they vomit like stuff that harms you. Um, and then you, 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 so you're, you're trying to like find your wife, like in, in this horrible town and you can't really escape at this point. So you're like, what's going on here? And then you see this entity called pyramid head and, and it's this notion of a triangle. And if you think about the archetypal triangle of judgment of Shin, um, he's trying to kill you. And then, then, you're not able to actually harm this, this thing that's trying to kill you. You can only slow it down. And then the thing that, that actually lets it go is a siren. So it's this higher or lower power, if you will, that lets it leave. And then you can continue on your journey. You find um, a simulacrum of this, uh, of your wife called Maria. So Mary is the, um, your wife, Maria is the simulacrum. Uh, and the difference between Maria and Mary is that Maria is like a sexy version of, of Mary, you know, um, sort of like the, uh, the female lead in Metropolis. Exactly. So then you sort of like have, um, so you're, you're kind of like help helping to save her. And then, you know, the next kind of enemies that you come, uh, come up against are these nurses that are like really sexy. They've got these big boobs and you see the cleavage, but they've got no face. They're trying to like hit you with these iron pipes, which I think is hysterical. <laughs> and the other, the other enemy is like this mannequin, like the sort of sexy mannequin that just tries to batter you. So the, the enemies aren't really bad. They're, but they, 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 they probably feel really familiar to this character because it's all about like, you know, what you find out later, what you end up finding out at the end, sorry, spoiler alert, but this uh, game's been out forever. It's been like 10 years. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but it's really creepy. And the atmosphere is really creepy. And, and, and you, so you're playing this guy along and he's being nice to these other people. And, you know, you're the good guy and they're the bad guys. And, and you're just like trying to find your wife. What you realize when you finally get to the hotel and like put this videotape in is, Oh my God, you euthanized your wife because like she was sick, but you killed her with a pillow. Like what the hell's wrong with you? And I remember throwing down the controller at this point. Cause I'd been like through this game for like four hours and I'm like, really? <laughs> like, really? Like, what the hell's wrong with you? Um, and I love that about the game where it like really challenges you. And then you start to realize like all the pieces fit in and the game ends in um, different ways, depending on how you play it. Wow. So if you like, if you're with sexy version of Maria for the whole time, then what happens is that you actually kill in your mind, the real version of Mary. And you're like, you, you're like, okay, sexy Maria, like get in the car. We're going to go home. 
but she starts to cough. Like, oh, this cough is nothing, meaning that, like, this whole cycle is going to start again. Hmm. Like, you did nothing. You were nothing. Yeah. Like, it's it's right kind of like back the where you started. Thing. Exactly. Huh. Uh, and then the best version is where you realize that this whole thing is an illusion and you really need her forgiveness. Like, that's actually the best version. Um, and you kind of get that forgiveness through through the story. Um, there's a suicidal version where it's like, okay, I really realize I'm here to just kill myself because I did a horrible thing. And then the, <laughs> one of the most um, abusing versions, as I see it, is um, uh, the version called Rebirth, where you find these these various like mystical artifacts, uh, and it's only available in replay. So you have to have like gone through the story before, but you find these these mystical artifacts that allow you to reanimate her so she's basically <laughs> a zombie at the end and i love that version the best nice. <laughs> and what's cool about the xbox version is that you actually get to play as maria and it's actually that the whole scenario is called born from a wish so you wake up as the sexy version of maria in a strip club and you're like who am i i'm really lonely like you hear her thoughts and everything and she's like She's unarmed, so she's, like, trying to get through all this stuff. And she learns through the city, like, why, like, what her purpose is in existence. And she realizes at the end, um, there's actually a very touching scene, if you think about it. Um, and it makes you think about the own, your own personal demons. She's walking through the street alone in her high heels, and she's, like, clicking along. And she looks awful. Like, she just looks really sad because she kind of realizes like what she is, which is just basically a, a figment of a horrible man's imagination. Mm. And she holds a gun to her head and it, she stays there for a while and she like throws the gun and that's the end. And you hear in the epilogue, like she's introducing herself, like, are you looking for someone? Do I look like your girlfriend? Like she's taken on the role. She's taken it on willingly, but like she, but there are those moments where she's like, she recognizes what she is and she really hates it. And I think that it, it's a really powerful like reflection of, of how we view our, our own personal demons when we don't like truly, truly embrace them and love them and say, okay, you are, you're dark and you can go there, but you're part of me and I love you. And this is what you bring to me. And I want you to really come into the light with me because I can nourish you in a way that you can't get otherwise. So, you know, it's kind of like, uh, yeah. you know, one of my favorite like inner demons was like this when I when I finally like looked in the darkness for him. He's he looked like this like eight year old. Um, do you ever remember the Weekly World News like Bat Boy? Like he was like this little boy mm, with like, yeah. huge fangs. Yeah, he looked he looked exactly like that. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> but but he like you know appeared like suddenly in like the light. And I'm like, oh, sweetie, I'm like, you know, like you are that 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 fierce part of me where you know sometimes I can look really scary. Um, and I need that. Like, I need you to like, come with me, but I need, like, let's go together. Like I can nourish you. And he is like, you know, he wanted to feel safe. And I'm like, I can give you safety. I promise. Like, yeah. you're okay with me. Come with me. Like, let's go together. Like, we'll, we'll hang out. Like, it's good. Like, I love you. And, um, you know, rather than being like this shameful, like, I'm in the shameful space. I'm a shameful part of you. And yeah, I, it's like, well, no, it's no, like no, 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 that What makes me think Come is like, me. I love you. It's like, if you have a cat in the car and, uh, you love your cat, but you don't want to let him drive. 
you know? <laughs> so it's like the same with the inner demons. It's like, oh, yeah, when, when you take over, uh, we end up losing friends. But I love you, and you're not going to take over, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's like, but, but it's like holding their hand and saying, you know what? Yeah. I love you because you bring this to me. I recognize all this about you. I recognize, yeah, you're like this, you're like that. But I recognize this is the power that you give me. Yeah. And, and you've and got I respect to come my with ancestors me. enough to, you know, and I and I acknowledge that you are my grandfather in me. You know, you're you're the worst of my yeah. father in me. And I, I love you. I, I love you and I love him and you're not going to take over. <laughs> yeah. But those kinds of things are productive. What I don't what I don't think is productive is that that Victorian idea of I'm going to take the demon out of the mirror and crucify it and whip it and like, no, 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 that that's not productive. Right. What's productive is saying, because that's a control thing. That's like, I'm going to control over you. Right. No, no, Just no. like Rome tried to control Palestine through the horrible act. Yeah, exactly. No, embrace them, like hug them, give them a big hug. Like think about an abused kid. Um, like, why are they in the dark? They're in the dark because if they're in the light, like you're going to freak out. Like yeah. it's kind of weird. No, but give them, give them a hug and just say, look, like we can do this together. Like, come with me. Like, we'll, yeah. you know, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay to be like you. Dexter. Like, you exist. You know? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, I mean, that's productive and yeah. it's all about like what's productive. And we learned, we, you know, we do as humanity grows, um, we do learn things. And I think that, you know, in, in the golden dawn times, I think you could be more like, um, abrupt with the spirits like where you could say you're gonna do my bidding bitch because like i like rule over you per genesis one like they were probably just like smoking a cigarette being like all right like well like okay i get it like fine but they weren't really fine with it um but they're kind of like okay humanity is basically like a four-year-old kid we'll deal with it well now we're kind of like six and so we haven't grown that much but the rules have changed a little bit it's like okay you can't call me bitch all right. right. Yeah. That's not okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's the same with their inner demons. Like don't be, don't be shitty to them. Be, be okay. They're part of you. And those things need to be loved. Like, you know, what, what turns, you know, nice girls to the stripper pole is like a lack of love by their dads. I'm right. being so I'm, I'm PC here, but like, it's okay. if you love them, like, the, you know, the, they, they can choose to be there or not, but they won't be driven to it. You know? Yeah. Honestly, if if anybody would pay me five hundred dollars to dance on a stripper pole for a few hours, I might be tempted. I'd do it. I would <laughs> be tempted. I would do it. You know, particularly me. Like you know, my fat hairy ass. Yeah. I mean, you know, if someone's gonna pay me money. I'll I'll write. I'll write. I'll make you know make it rain. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Well, thank you for joining us on the Esoteric Nerd Podcast today. This is a great way to end. I love it. <laughs> yeah. My fat, hairy ass on a stripper pole. There we go. In your Bale studio. I feel like that we only we only scratched the surface, so we'll we'll definitely have to have you back once we realized all the things that we didn't talk about. Oh my god, absolutely. I'd love to be back. You know, I could even like I would even be like your Robin to your I'd be the Robin to your um to your Howard Stern. <laughs> 
because I think that's my role in in life. Well, yeah, we can all we can do a three way Skype. Uh, that's one thing. One direction we haven't gone yet is to have more than two people. Well, except we did do that, but we had one person here in person. But uh... yes, yeah, see, I would I would be the Robin. I would like laugh at all your jokes. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. And, ser- and actually, I would do it like really. I wouldn't like fake it because I'm New Yorker. I'm not LA. Like I would, I would totally do it for real. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, this has been so much fun, and um, I'm so honored to be on here because. But but there's so many people that have to get on here. Like I know, you know, you know who I'd really speak, love to hear? feel free to speak in the name of the podcast if you happen to be talking to someone you think we should interview, and then we can do we can do okay. just that. Do it so too. Here, here are the three interview. crazy wish list people that I have. So Joe Max is awesome. I would mm-hmm. love him to be on I here because that's achievable. I think like that, like the whole, and not just because he's so awesome. Like chaos magic but he knows a lot of different things and he has a lot of different perspectives and i love that he um you know his perspective on healing is really interesting um so he'd be awesome scarlet magdalene oh my god she's got to get on because she's so awesome and, and also kirini ariadne in addition oh, both of them both of yeah. them maybe, um, maybe both at the same time we could go back and forth and they could argue she's amazing and she's done really really cool work that a lot of people would be interested in um, and then actually Zena Shrek is like, she's, she's got such an interesting story and she knows a lot. And I think that she would really change people's perspectives on, um, different like avenues within Buddhism. I think that her, um, her understanding of, of, of set and e- Egyptology is really like, she's really smart. Um, and I think that she doesn't get. I think that she's fine now, but she didn't get a, a lot of credit in the early days because she was she was really, you know, the '80s poster girl for like the whole satanic ritual abuse stuff hmm. because her dad was Anton Lavey. Mm. Um, but you may have some issues with getting her because I think she still lives in Germany, um, and so the time difference may just be awful. But um, who knows? Yeah, we can work around it. Cool. Yeah, I'd like to get Alejandro Jodorowsky on here, but I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> well, I sent him word a while back, but yeah, no response. Yeah, there are loads of people who should be on here, but I'm grateful to be part of the um, the history of the Esoteric Nerd podcast. Um, I still think I should have been episode like 5,407 <laughs> done by your intern, who, by the way, again, she gave me the best cup of tea I think I've ever had. Um and thank you for the valley parking. I, I hope I do. I need it to, to um. Do I need to validate my my parking ticket? Or... No, it's it's all comped. Okay, awesome. <laughs> cool, cool. All right. Well, we'll see you next time on here, and maybe we'll do a co-host situation, and uh... that'd be fun. All right. Cool. See ya. Well, thank you, Joe, for joining us on the Esoterra Nerd Podcast tonight. I look forward to co-hosting with you in future interviews. Special thanks to the monks at Jofuku Inn Temple, which you can hear in the background right now. Special thanks to identical twins Camille and Kennerly. 
playing the harp, the Game of Thrones transitions into and out of the interviews. And special thanks to J.K. Rowling. May you find yourself lucidly walking upon the path that is yours. I'd like to close tonight with a piece by Phoenix Suvias of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I found this at his site, baphomesboombox.com. A song by 23 BC called Breathe in the Air, performed by Phoenix Suvias as Ankhemet Hamut. Yes, Ankhemet Hamut, it basically means life to the earth's poetry. I'm going to perform a song that I wrote a few years ago called Breathe in the Air, and I'd like to thank Jacob Green for uh, helping me out with the music on this one. So... Oh,
Hey.